up everyone and welcome once again to another episode of the Just an Insight podcast. We are now into double figures. We have reached episode number 10. As always, my name is Tim Backbeck. I am a writer. I am a lover of music, film and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. In traditional fashion, I'll start with a quick rundown of what I've been up to this week. Uh, So... I've actually been on jury service for the past week, so haven't been in work for the past week, which has been lovely. It means I've been getting a bit of a lie-in in bed as well, um, so haven't had the stresses of that. But I did get a chance to go see Cloakroom and Russian Circles in Brighton on Saturday, which was awesome. Um, and if you haven't checked out Cloakroom, would highly recommend it because they were just insane. Like all the noise from that band is just produced from their bases, and it's just nuts. So, so yeah, go check them out. Uh, and if they're playing near you on this tour that they're doing with Russian Circles, head out and check them out. Um, Then on Sunday, I was actually a guest on another podcast. I was a guest on the Bantamania podcast, which is hosted by my good friend Maz Gambadella. Um, We discussed the rise of Britress and why indie wrestling is just so hot at the moment and you can't kind of look at any sort of independent company around the world at the moment without there being some kind of British influence but yeah if you want to check out uh, my episode of Bantamania or just the Bantamania podcast in general head over to soundcloud.com forward slash Bantamania anyway on to this week's guest on the Justin Insight podcast uh, was actually an episode I recorded back in February when Esben and the Witch were touring the UK and Europe um, I was lucky enough to catch them guys in Brighton uh, did a review of their show for alreadyheard.com but also got to sit down with the guys prior to the show and have a little chat with them which was really cool for me because uh, their latest record Older Terrors was pretty much on repeat on my in my car on my laptop or on any sort of anything that I was listening to uh, for the last sort of couple of months of 2016 going into 2017 so yeah it was really nice to to sit down with the trio discuss how they kind of write music how they came to be the band um, and how they just play music that they want to play rather than conforming to any kind of stereotypes which people try and pocket them into. So anyway, yeah, I hope you enjoy my little chat with Esben and the Witch. And as always, guys, I will see you on the other side. Currently sat in the Hope and Ruin in Brighton with uh, Thomas, Daniel, and Rachel, collectively known as Esben and the Witch. Um, currently on your Euro Euro slash UK tour. Um, how many dates are you in so far, guys? This will be the penultimate one. Seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Seventh show of eight. Okay, cool. So, so how's it? How's everything been so far? Great, really great, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really Any particular yeah. sort of city stand out at all? Um. Paris is probably the best. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Paris is really, really cool. It's like this sort of um, space in the back of a restaurant. It's really DIY. Oh, what's it called? Le Spasby. Le Spasby. Yeah. Le Spasby. Oh, no. Because I went over to um, to Europe at the beginning of the year with my friends in Svalbard and the Salis Landscape, and they played there as well. So it was a really cool little tight venue. Did you guys have the guy with the epic tash was the promoter? Was it someone else? No. No, it was someone else. We've... Uh, yeah, we've just started working with a new like promoter in front. Oh, okay. Stuff, but yeah, but it's great. Um, uh, went really well and stuff. And I think it's maybe a like we'll play somewhere a bit bigger next time as well. So yeah, it was, it was sold out and it was like a really nice, noisy, really sweaty kind of 
it's like a yeah a proper little sort of DIY venue yeah and these things usually go one of two ways they're yeah, either really yeah. good or actually everything's just like can I swear yeah yeah of course yeah everything's um, <laughs> <laughs> everything's just like broken and shit and then it's rubbish but this was thankfully the, the former is really really good you never heard him check that before he <laughs> <laughs> getting, getting older more responsible and I think I don't know this might just be my, my perspective of how I perceive you guys but I, th- I see your, when I see your name I think kind of like obviously the way your music is is quite sort of big and heavy so I, I kind of picture you playing bigger venues but obviously on this tour you have played smaller venues and obviously the Hope and Ruin is quite a small venue so was that a, a conscious choice from your part that you wanted to, to keep it DIY? Uh, well we, I mean we want to play busy shows so mm. I think we'd rather play venues like this and the shows be sold out and play yeah. venues that uh, <laughs> yeah. just I think makes for a better evening for everybody mm. who's involved basically um, but I don't know I think these are kind of the right size things for us and like obviously in cities like London play sort of bigger venues and stuff but um, I think the way, since we the, the, the music's less electronic and more like loud guitar yeah. and everything, I think it makes sense to kind of make get everyone really as tight packed in. Mm. And I think make it sweaty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's better that way. I think so. It's, yeah. it's sort of a happy coincidence in that we would like to. We we are enjoying playing smaller, more DIY mm. kind of. Um, sweatier, noisier kind of rooms at the moment and it just so happens that that's about the size of our audience <laughs> anyway so it's quite a nice uh, a nice marriage um, but yeah it's sort of yeah, it's a semi-deliberate choice but also actually a necessity it seems to make sense yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and because my show is called Just an Insight the one thing that I do like to say is kind of take bands back to sort of the beginning so can you just give us an insight in how As and the Witch came about and the journey to where you are today I think it's great that we're doing the show with Andy Ruster because he put us on our first ever show. Oh wow! Seven, eight, maybe three nine yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Free, at the free bar. It would have been oh, at, least, okay. at least eight years ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've been playing all our early shows at the free bar. Yeah, yeah. That's where we kind of cut our teeth. <laughs> yeah. And we used to practice at two eight four. Um, oh okay, yeah, yeah. On the seafront, so kind of a yeah, the early the early stages of Esben. Mm very much rooted in Brighton so um, these guys started making, making music together and okay. then hunting for a vocalist and then um, yeah and that's where I came in yeah. and, and then Andy booked us to play free butt and yeah. then um, yeah R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> that and 284 actually I think oh yeah, yeah. Was, yeah and when you kind of started did, obviously your sounds I know there's a lot of bands that are now kind of in that kind of wave of the kind of music that you guys play but and f- even from listening to your earlier stuff your sound has evolved but was there always that kind of conscious thought of we want to do something that's not not the norm almost yeah <laughs> i was going to say no we go through songs going we've done that before so we're not going to do it again i think it's it's always been an archetypal thing and even the early songs of going like writing a song and being like thinking what could we do that's different what could we do that's interesting right I think not many just probably like or the latter to be interesting I think maybe even, or just um, in terms of not repeating ourselves hmm. we've always been conscious of that I think yeah I think um, yeah because once we've done something we just try and then um, yeah Keep ideas fresh. Yeah, so. but I mean, no, in terms of 
we're not deliberately too, yeah, to I don't think too much about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. If something sounds good, then we do. I think it's yeah, slightly different in terms of some, whether it's something we ourselves have done before, but mm. in terms of the, 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 outside, the outside. You're world not consciously music, standing there being like we're different. No, no, I don't. I don't think we. I, I think just make the music um, that we feel drawn to make, mm. and then I think it stands by itself, hopefully better that way, rather than I think too much too much um, consideration like of the external world is not good for it. Yeah, I think that's becoming more and more of a thing, though. I think certainly at the beginning it was probably more. I know for me it definitely was when I was like, playing guitar and like, stuff like the first time I was very much a thing of going like right what could I do here that's, that I think is different and interesting interesting is always the most important mm. word like different sort of usually marries into that anyway quite naturally but um, I think now it's become much more of a thing of going we're just going to write things we want to and then they happen to be slightly different when, when yeah. we end up writing four songs for an album, rather than going, oh, we, we can't do that. Just going, yeah, we probably can. Yeah. You know, for eight years, I think we can probably just do it for one. <laughs> yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. And <laughs> as you mentioned, like obviously, there's that kind of element of wanting to keep things interesting. And I think, like from my experience of you guys, that you you don't kind of pigeonhole yourselves. And there's people that are kind of in the more sort of like punk community, and then you've got people who are maybe more sort of on the indie spectrum that are into your music. So have you kind of found in in the years that you have been a band that people that turn up to your shows aren't sort of just one group that, yeah, that oh, is very a player? Yeah. And does, does that That's great. is that encouraging for you? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Like most recently we found that with the metal community, uh, particularly in Germany and uh, it's so, yeah, so to, we we kind of gone we've spent a lot of time playing now, often most of the festivals we play actually are the heavier end, like mm. metal, and uh, we're the kind of lighter element of the yeah. bill. And we've kind of gone from being the awkward thing of the <laughs> indie festivals <laughs> to the to the like cool. That's a good band to have on at twelve o'clock at eat everyone in to the day or whatever. And um, but as a, in terms of like the crowd, I think that's amazing. Mm. We wouldn't. We've, I feel very fortunate that it kind of music seems to resonate with people from all different yes. yeah it's nice for it to feel inclusive yeah. for mm. people as well I think people from lots of different uh, I don't know, like, yeah different scenes find elements of our music enjoyable and I also really I think we all really like the fact that our shows are, are always very open comfortable mm. places yeah. for people to be and that's something that I think yeah, it's not deliberate, but I certainly think we try to breed that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I think also think it come we, we come make it kind of three individuals as well. So the fact that me and Daniel were disagreeing basically about the last question you asked. Yeah, about, yeah. I think that kind of is that's exactly the kind of reason why I think the music can appeal to different people who are in different types of things because we each approach it in different ways anyway. You bring I think. a different yeah. thing to the party. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of us might think that like a certain song we've written is like. Yeah, that's really yeah. Like, and we actually do sometimes think this. I think people find strange or like, that's a bit too poppy, and then someone's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I find that quite difficult. And it's, I think there's elements. Of, and there's, there's always elements that different people have different. Like, we always have different takes on songs mm. individually, and it's always weird when we end up talking about it and being like, oh, I got that. Mm. Oh, okay, Plus, cool. we like we, as music fans ourselves. You know, we go to punk shows, metal yeah. shows, indie shows, folk shows. So we like all types yeah, of music. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so it's 
great that if we can kind of straddle those spheres and people can yeah just regardless of those kind of categories mm. and just kind of come in and watch and you touched on then obviously like when you're kind of writing things that disagreeing with certain elements and one of the things that's obviously quite prominent in your, in your music is the length of your of your songs and I, I always kind of ask this question of bands like sort of like prog rock and things like that that do have longer songs like how do you kind of break it down so say when you are recording is it a case of just you're jamming something out and then it all comes together or do you go into it with a set idea of this is what we want to shape the song and then it kind of expands um probably closer towards the latter i guess but um we we tend um, when it comes to actual recording we tend to do them and break them into bits so mm. we do them into two or three bits a lot of the ones are over 10 minutes um but when it comes to writing them i think we kind of let them unfurl basically we know we have a start place we want to get and we maybe have some idea of where we want it to end up mm. and then we kind of it yeah there is an element of jamming on different things to try and get between different sections um, but we really enjoy the process of writing long songs like that and we basically find it e- yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, for us it's easier as well like it just we fight that comes more naturally to us than trying to write something that's two or three minutes which yeah we basically that might be impossible to do. <laughs> but we try, it's like, no, this should be, no, let's make it eight bars. It's like, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 it should be 16. I'm like, no, come on. No, it sounds better at 16 bars. Well, I think this is, so there's a new song we're playing tonight, and we wrote it, and I think we were all in our heads convinced it was, like, five minutes, four and a half, five mm. minutes, and we were like, okay, cool, like, we've written, like, a relatively punchy <laughs> yeah. short song, and then there's, like, a YouTube video of it up the other day, and it's like, oh, it's seven and a half minutes. <laughs> Which is, it's not our forte. It doesn't come naturally no, no. to write these short no. songs. And with the ones on the, on Order Terrors, they were actually, they're all of them probably two or three minutes longer, because mm. we didn't have a chance to demo them properly, actually. We played them live a bit, but not he- hearing them back. So okay. when we heard the first mixes, um, actually, there was listening, and we were kind of all in agreement. It's like, this section's just too long. And yeah, then, yeah. And then we kind of cut it cut it so these are the trimmed versions mm. um, yeah. left to our own devices it can get really <laughs> yeah. so is, is it going to be a case that the next album is just going to be one continuous song no, I think we'll go yeah. the other way we'll go the other way, way maybe yeah. 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 who knows know that. yeah exactly I think like we've got this this one song written that may or may not end up on the next album and that one's only seven and a half yeah, minutes yeah. long so <laughs> we'll see how it's been pal- I think it'll, it'll basically be dictated by playing them and how long does it feel appropriate to mm. play this bit for? And I just think with stuff like that as well, it's interesting, like I say, we find it kind of natural to write those longer songs. So mm. whether it's, it, it makes better art, one of a better word, yeah. to whether you, in, if you indulge that and do what feels natural or whether you challenge yourself and do what, go out of your comfort zone and Don't do what makes it feel unnatural. Yeah. Um, and that's, I'm not sure so the yeah, answer yeah. of that is. Yeah, it's, it's always a thing we've always talked about with, and I've certainly always thought about with like musicians. I've like this idea of like being an editor, being yeah. a skill as well, being able mm. to go like okay. And usually you think that would be like okay, like being a good editor is to make it shorter. Like there's also times on records I love or songs I love where I'm like, man, I wish you just kept mm. doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think there's this idea really that it always has to be <laughs> yeah. shorter. But sometimes it's like just play that for the next two minutes. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's like that's an amazing groove. Like you don't have to worry about it. Mm. But yeah.
And you obviously mentioned all the terrors, but something that I've noticed throughout kind of your your time as a band is you don't kind of almost rest on your laurels. Like you've, and as you said, you've got a, a new song written already, that's, and the album's barely a year old, kind of thing. So, is that something that kind of keeps you going? Is it that once one project's done, then it's immediately on to the next? I don't feel like they were that prolific, really. Oh, okay, um, they might just be the way I view yeah, it. Yeah, no, because someone <laughs> no, else said it. I think that's a common perception. Yeah, people have said it before. Um, but I, I think, think we feel like we could be more prolific. Yeah. I think we probably think we're quite slow. Oh, okay, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's fair enough. Whereas, like, so like with all the terrors, the idea was that it was going to be done much earlier than it was, and then it was, like, kind of ended up being a longer process, like, moving country and stuff like mm. that, <laughs> kind of, uh, was, was involved as well, but... I think that's what tends to happen with the three of us is that after we finish the body of work, then it tends to be one of us that will kind of steer the ship or want, okay. want to start maybe just having uh, is more inspired. Mm. And be like, I kind of had this idea, and then um, even if the other two aren't quite in that same place creatively, it tends to kind of that kind of starts proceedings. And yeah, yeah. So to see, and then that like, and then just. Um, then continue to work on it from there. So with a new song, that's yeah. Yeah, which is, which is why I think the new like the new song we've done, like it, it, there's a good chance it won't end up on the next album because it might end up being that that starts it, yeah that starts yeah. as like a that starts at a different moment with someone bringing like a more kind of because generally when we approach any album, it's with the idea that it's going to be an album rather than just songs. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because otherwise the concepts. There's nothing left in the concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sound even more like a prog band, like which, <laughs> yeah. which we basically are, really. Um, but, uh, yeah, then we have to have this idea of going like, right, we're writing an album. Mm. Like, even with the first one, there's a few songs from like that were, were recorded before uh, and released before the album came out, and we just thought like, it doesn't work, doesn't fit, it's not the right idea mm. for this album, so they got left off. So it's and since then we've been even more fortunate to be able to sit there and go right we're, all, we're writing a new nature we're writing yeah. all the terrors we're writing we watch the sit and say and completely approach it in that way so it'll be we'll have to wait and see yeah if, of course if, yeah, where it goes yeah. and you mentioned obviously like fitting into a concept but I, I know obviously like the, the albums you've done aren't necessarily quote unquote concept albums but they do kind Again, this might be the way that I perceive it, but it kind of does follow like a, a lineage and a, and a narrative. In so, so do you do, do, is it a case that someone comes in and says, "I've got this idea," and then things shape around that, or is, or is it something that mm. just kind Basically. of comes yeah. together naturally? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You're, I think you're, you're absolutely right to kind of recognise that. Mm. Like they all of them have, I don't know, like you said, maybe not quite a concept yeah. not quite concept records but but yeah there are, there are themes that mm. each individual record that um, mm. that shape them so it tends to be um, the last three in particular have been yeah. very like there's an idea mm. that all of the songs are basically rooted in a singular kind of idea or yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, the first one was a little bit more put together that was stuff yeah. done yeah. over the first couple of years of the band but like yeah I, I guess yeah, it's definitely there. Yeah. Mm. And have you kind of discussed what the next one could potentially be, or is it still no, very early days? No, no. No. <laughs> no. I think there's musical ideas kicking around, yeah. mm. but the, the 
the theme of it uh, it, it hasn't quite yet emerged. Yeah, yeah. Of course. the music tends nice to come first, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, 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 Just no I the, get that. The, 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 mm. the, the twinklings of an idea of music, and then I think because um, we used to share the lyric writing duties, but for years, years and years now, Rachel's been doing that's been Rachel's sole area. Mm. Just because it makes sense for her to, yeah, of course, yeah. When she's delivering these things, for them to be words, yeah, yeah. she wrote herself. So um, the lyric, the tends to go sort of music, concept, lyrics, I guess, yeah. in the way mm-hmm. that we, we construct things. And there's been, yeah. I think that we've even if as the other things change around it, like whether which component basically yeah. comes first mm-hmm. or whatever changes, I think that rough process works pretty well for us yeah. so I think we'll keep it like that it usually be the music will be a thing where it's like okay what does this kind of inspire yeah, yeah. Like. yeah like with Older Terrors we had the album cover before as oh, we were okay. writing so uh, in the very early stages when Rachel was Rachel wrote, had written the bass lines and was shown to me and we had we were writing in this basement of this place we had in Berlin and I was starting to add the guitars we had the image on the screen yeah um, you know and that was kind of guiding Led. us yeah. okay yeah. that's pretty cool yeah and obviously you touched on then Obviously, you guys are now living in in Berlin. So, how did one why why the the choice of Berlin, and and how did that kind of idea of going there sort of come about in the first place? We, we toured a lot in Germany, so we had a good really an an understanding good chance to mm. kind of explore it. And we've been to Berlin quite a lot of, over the years, just from playing shows there and stuff. Yeah. Um, but we weren't wanting to necessarily move there specifically. Actually, we we were interested in moving to lots of different places mm. there and it, it was a combination of sort of personal reasons but also the, just the price of Berlin is still a lot cheaper than some other cities and well, it's, yeah, it's the price accessibility opportunity it's a lot happening mm-hmm. in yeah. there still it's like a good place to we've met a lot of people doing sort of similar things there which has mm. been really good yeah I think it's it's, a, it's still even though if you speak to anyone who's been there more than three or four years, it's, it's already jumped the shark. But it's actually <laughs> yeah. still a still a really interesting, vibrant um, city that's full of a lot of possibilities. Mm. Particularly in comparison to to UK, well, you know, like sort of London or Brighton. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think for us personally, it's like a huge thing was just rehearsal room prices. Yeah. Just the opportunity yeah. to be able to like space. have a space and be able to especially if you're going to write an album that's mm. four 15 minute songs basically like doing that somewhere where you're paying because it's not the easiest process to go through doing that somewhere where you're paying by the hour yeah yeah and it was a really interesting discussion we had the other day where it was like do you think we would have written this album if it wasn't for the fact that we didn't have that constraint of the idea of the financial implication of how mm. long it takes you to write a song and it, I, yeah it's hard to say maybe yeah. But you don't know, so it's interesting that idea of how like a not just a locality, but economics. Yeah, the economics can yeah. actually influence a, like not in a sort of kind corners anymore. In a way, it's like oh, fuck, there's all these possibilities. <laughs> yeah. Because how, how long have you guys been out there now? Two, Two years. years. So when you kind of come back to the UK, do you always make a conscious effort of coming to Brighton? It's just always a given. Really. Yeah. Like I think, especially like I said the our kind of relationship with local promoters here, mm. venues, like, I mean, Friends. Daniel working at the Green Door, I worked here once, oh, okay. I was sticking, like, with, like, with Andy and the guys from the, the music scene here, yeah, yeah. Like, is, yeah, look, 
You look a bit rude not to. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our, our friends, you know, and so it's kind of it's just a given, I think. Yeah. Like with Brighton, you know, we, I lived here for ten years. Yeah. So, so is it kind of like almost a sense of familiar familiarity that you, that you come back? To? Yeah. I think it's not so much a sense of familiarity as an actual familiarity. Yeah. Like actually having like some friends and, and like you know a lot of really good contacts and like amazing memories of the place so mm. it wasn't like we were here briefly and then left acrimoniously like yeah we yeah the city and we're like based here for eight years and it's basically you know it's the, the home of the band and yeah like the, the long run and playing a show in brighton feels like a homecoming show in yeah a yeah way. um so yeah, I think it's more that we just like it, like coming back, like playing shows, like seeing people, like playing with bands like 100th anniversary mm. for ages, like in and it's convenient because it's near the Eurotunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Most important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and kind of going back to obviously you being in Germany now, how? Because I've only been there like once or twice, but what what's kind of like the the scene out there for? for because I've only ever been to like just straight up hardcore shows there. Mm. So for for you guys, like, what's kind of the reception like in mainland Europe? Uh, well, it's always been. I mean, probably we it's where we play our our biggest shows, I guess, mm. in Germany. But well, which we which has been we kind of that was how we got a chance to check it out in the first place. Yeah. But since living there, it's really interesting. Like I said, we get play a lot of met, met, more metal festivals like mm. over Leipzig and. We've met lots of. We've played a lot of shows with black metal bands like Sun Worship and Ulfa, and Rachel was sung on an Ulfa record. So we kind of, like I said earlier, kind of found ourselves in this world. And it, I think it's really interesting that even though musically we're n- not metal in yeah, in, yeah, in the way that these bands are, but there's common threads, there's things that people find in these this in our music that Resonance. resonates with this mm. crowd as well. And I think. There's really already was finding this really nice community of, of promoting Leipzig, putting on like Doom over Leipzig. You know the people who do like Fierce and Detoten, which is like a clothing promotion okay. company in Mannheim, and it's really seemed like a really supportive network. Yeah, really, really like, um, really uh, sort of quite political as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, which is maybe yeah. Yeah, yeah again, crossing over the punk and hardcore scene. Yeah, so it's um, mm. yeah. And you mentioned obviously the the kind of opening up to the the metal scene, and I think obviously <coughs> when you've got like artists like Chelsea Wolf, obviously Jake Bannon's done his Wear Your Wounds bit, and even to an extent like bands like Oathbreaker have kind of now gone in that direction. Mm. So do you think that because those bands are, are not popular, but they're kind of getting a bit more of a, a push in in the media, that that has opened up more people to yourselves? I think I think the label we signed to had a huge influence. We basically did a tour with a band who were are a black metal band. Probably they aren't super black metal anymore. But they <laughs> yeah. used to be. They're assigned to Season Miss, uh, Season Miss, which is the label we're on now, and they're seen as being a metal label. And I think then it was suddenly for a lot of people like, oh, this must be a metal band. Yeah, yeah. And I think weirdly enough, they probably still consider us a metal band. Mm. I don't know if we consider ourselves a metal band. It's hard to say. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's a yeah, it's a strange sort of. A, a strange but really, really interesting and really cool kind of development of, mm. of the people who listen to our music. But um, I don't really like. We don't worry too much about the classification of it. Yeah, and also we we play as much as we can where we're invited to play these things, and then we kind of we feel like a, a natural 
we get on well with these people that we yeah, meet of course. and it kind of naturally leads to us playing together more and yeah. it sort yeah. of perpetuates itself. Yeah, it's certainly not something we worry about too much, like, oh, yeah. where, should, where would we be seen? It's more like they found us yeah. in a way. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we found ourselves in this. And anyone, anyone who wants to be involved in the, in the music or come to the shows mm. or anything is like amazing. Uh, yeah, Great. And the way I kind of like to, to end these is ask you all individually. So when when you're playing live, is there one song that you particularly love playing that's like when you get, get into it, like it's like right, I'm going to go full tilt kind of thing. So Rachel, for start of you, um, no doubt probably. Yeah. Because I feel that's um, again where people really respond to that, and that's our kind of. Uh, one of our sh- shorter, more catchy numbers, <laughs> yeah. so you can really kind of, it's a bit more scrappy. Yeah. So, like at the end, when it's like, when all the kind of um, factors are in place, it's like a, a bit super hot and crowded into it, and it's a nice kind of vo- um, vibe between the three of us on stage and the crowd, and the ending of that can be really powerful. Mm. So, yeah. Thomas? Uh, it's quite early, but I would say Sylvan probably, which is one of the ones from Order Terrors. Just, I mean, we haven't played it too much. So before this tour, but I don't know, it's already feels really natural to me. Mm. I like the way it kind of, it's the first song we play and you can kind of settle into it and I feel as it reaches its conclusion, it's it's been really, I mean, it kind of bring, feels like it brings the room in and then just explodes, which is in a way it's really, um, I remember thinking when we wrote it in the rehearsal room, I think this should be really, really work well live and mm. it's really, feels like seeing it through now to its conclusion like a lot with a lot of the ones with older terrors we just wrote them live in our rehearsal room more so than than we've done sometimes yeah. in the past so yeah it feels like now seeing this is seeing it live is actually this is what we kind of wanted this mm. at these kind of moments and uh, uh, jungle I think it's a combination of it's, a, it's the closest combination of what we started out doing mm. and yeah. what we're doing now it's last song of the set, so yeah. I, can, yeah, yeah. I can actually let go and not worry so much yeah, about the fact yeah. that I might pass out like an old man <laughs> if I go too hard in any of the other songs. Um, it's it's full, it's aggressive, it's got like a, a, a really insistent kind of beat that I think people can actually weirdly get a groove onto. Yeah, I think it combines a lot of, I think it's the closest thing that we have in the set that combines all of mm. our different kind of takes. Yeah, and it took us 14 minutes to manage to get them all in the same <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's good. Um, um, finally, what what other plans have you got for 2017? Looks set to be quite a busy one for us, actually, in terms of touring. So, yes, yeah, it's our first European tour, and then we go on our, um, our mainly Germany, but also the Netherlands mm. and Denmark in, okay. in April. And we're playing Roadburn. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so we're really psyched about that. Um, and then we have, yeah, some festivals over the summer. Maybe we're doing like playing some shows in Italy, Eastern Eastern Europe later in the year as well. Hopefully, awesome. Might get around to writing another album. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Thank you very much for seeing us, guys. Cheers for that. Thank you very much. there you have it folks thanks again to thomas rachel and daniel of esben and the witch for talking to me uh, and i can safely say their show that night was just absolutely killer they just absolutely nailed everything 
Um, the trio are actually heading back out to mainland Europe in April, mainly Germany. Um, and as part of that tour, which starts on April 19th, uh, they are playing the Roadburn Festival. So if you're heading out to that, uh, highly recommend going to, to see those guys whilst they play because um, they just put on an awesome live show. Um, and they've also just recently announced that they're going to be doing Latitude Festival here in the UK, uh, which is a pretty cool thing to do as well. Um, so yeah as always you can find the guys on different social media platforms uh, on Facebook it's forward slash Esben and the Witch or one word uh, and on Twitter is at we are E-A-T-W uh, and as usual the usual spiel about this podcast you can follow us on Twitter at just underscore and underscore insight uh, using the hashtag J-A-I-Pod uh, or you can email us at just underscore and underscore insight at hotmail.co.uk. Uh, next week, we've got a bit of a special episode because it's being brought to you in association with alreadyheard.com. Um, it's something that uh, founder of that website, Sean Reed, was kind enough to set up from, for us. So really excited about that. Um, but I am going to leave you guys in a bit of a cliffhanger. So you're going to have to come back and see who that guest is next week. But um, I'll give you a little hint. They're currently going to be touring uh their 10-year anniversary of probably one of their best known albums and one of my favorite albums from my my teenage years so a little hint if you can decipher that but anyway thanks again ladies and gentlemen for stopping by and i will see you soon (laughs) 